Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is a show, a special show made by lovers <laughs> that is on the internet that uh-huh. you can download on a website or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't Can I say something? Yeah. I have been making podcasts for a lot for over 11 years now. I'm longer than that even. Wow. And I still don't know how to listen to one of these dang things. <laughs> Like you get like a computer pro like a computer program. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where you get get it. Like I don't think they have like computer stores anymore where you go to get the programs. But then once you have the program, like you can download it. You burn it onto a CD. Yeah, and you put it in the CD player in your car. I have been making podcasts for so long that I have done that before. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have a CD somewhere, I believe, that has like episodes of of Jordan Jesse Go on them. Yeah, because cars didn't used to have like the function. To, no, to sadly, play. No, they didn't. They hated podcasts. Yeah. Cars did. You didn't actually say what our show is about yet. It's a show we talk about things we like, things we like, things we're into. Do you have any small wonders? <laughs> Um, is it that hat? That hat that you're wearing? You know, here's the thing about hats. I I will make hats my small wonder. But the thing that is an obstacle for me is the entire time I am wearing a hat, I am thinking only I'm wearing a hat. I'm wearing a hat. I have a hat on. Have a hat on. I'm wearing it. I'm wearing the hat. Right. Because I do it so infrequently that it's like a thing to do totally occupy my mind right but i do i do like a hat uh, yeah i'm i was at, i had a one since i we both have heads that yeah we have challenging heads yeah you know a lot of people don't know that about me uh, but my hat is only sl- or my head is only slightly smaller than griffin's <laughs> what's your what do you want to say your hat do you know your hat size i think i'm seven and a half okay that's quite that's much smaller than well yeah but it's still pretty big yeah <laughs> Uh, I used to have a Cincinnati Reds cap that fit me just right, and then I lost it. Uh, and then I had a Houston Astros hat that fit me just right, and I also lost that one. But that one I had imposter syndrome for because I didn't really know anything about the Houston Astros. I just went to a game and found yeah, a hat. Yeah, it is hard to find hats in your size. True. I have tried many times, and I have found you a couple hats, but but none of them have made your uh, your everyday short carry. List. Yeah, yeah, my 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 off court buddies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say arpeggios. I like. Oh. I've, I've been working on a lot of. Uh, oh, I thought you were talking about the restaurant. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, there is a m- Mediterranean restaurant that also has pizza uh-huh. uh, called Arpeggio Grill. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, what is uncommon is that they serve like in like 48 inch. Yeah, like you have to put it in your trunk. It won't fit in your front seat. <laughs> Even then, like it, it, it has to squish into the trunk at sort of a rakish angle. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I was going to talk about sort of fast, like, beedly beedlies and music, but I think I do want to actually just stick with uh, this Mediterranean restaurant that sells huge, um, sort of like... I would love some more music theory, though, on the beedly beedlies. Yeah, I just think they. I think it's cool. And it's also a fun way to sort of, if you have a MIDI keyboard, like, make things that sound cool, but you're very lazy because you just hold down some keys and it does the beedly beedlies for you, <laughs> which I appreciate. Um, I go first this week. Yeah. I'm going to talk about sleepovers, um, oh. which when I got on the wonderful.fyi website to see if this was a subject we had discussed before, I saw that you had discussed sleep, which is great. <laughs> I, I still stand by that. Yes, it's objectively good. <laughs> but it's like saying like, 
like breathing. You know what? I think we've probably done breathing. Yeah. And I've also talked about hands. Like I'm grateful for just getting up every day. Yeah, you sure sure do. Um, Interesting thing about sleepovers, not a lot of sleep Mm, at them. Well, it depends. It depends on. Oh, man, that's the whole appeal of the sleepover is staying up late. That's a good. Yeah, I I, I guess I uh, I definitely was not living my healthiest life at uh, at, at my childhood sleepovers, of which I took part in a great deal because I moved in that community theater circuit and like theater parents are pretty wild. <laughs> theater parents are like, for me, like paramount, like, yeah, guys, <laughs> everybody having fun in here? Like, <laughs> I brought some more popcorn. Yeah. Uh, Put your shirts on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn the lights on. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just, they were the most exciting thing for me yeah. growing, growing up, um, regardless of their or of their scale or the activities that took part during the sleepover. The fact can I, that can I say that I bet you were a really great sleepover guest. I was. I was very respectful to the parents. Yeah, polite to the parents. Down for fun games. Yeah, you know, like I could stay up for. I, I wasn't one yeah. to crash early. Uh huh. Could make some snacks. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, my sleepover activities were very rarely. Uh, anything that would be frowned upon by an yeah. adult unless you weren't uh, destructive in your sleepover tactics well maybe self-destructive because uh <laughs> i used to spend the night at my buddy clint's a lot and we would more or less just play nintendo 64 like till the sun came up and we would eat nachos that we made out of like <laughs> corn chips and mozzarella cheese and pepperonis and hot Ooh, sauce oh man yeah it would fuck you up but <laughs> it's good it's good gamer grub um and then we had our our, our friends uh the minskers we turned their basement into a rec room i think i did a whole segment on rec rooms yeah, yeah, but yeah. man we got we did a lot of i was after we we did that sort of remodel uh we spent the night there i spent the night there probably like every weekend for a while <laughs> um and we would like make like really stupid movies and just goof around. There. I, I did a lot. I think I probably did more sleepovers than the average than the average bear. Yeah, I mean the theater scene kind of sounds like it lended itself to that. Like, would you go straight from a show to the sleepover, or was it a totally distinct? It was usually a distinct thing. We mm-hmm. I don't think I ever did a sleepover cast party. Okay, if that's, that's what, what I was you're wondering. Asking. Yeah. Um, and for me, it wasn't even like the excitement of like, I'm sleeping somewhere that's not my house. I'm just the type of person that like gets really excited to have activities on the books or, or time for activities. And that's all a sleepover is, is saying like, you and me are going to hang out for this entire evening. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. My calendar is booked. I am, I am done making plans. This is a, this is a full 12 hours or more. My calendar says nachos and Zelda on it. And I'm looking at your Google calendar. Yes, it also says that. Do you remember? I still remember the anticipation of asking your parents if you could spend the night at somebody's house. Yeah. Like, I still remember that kind of like heart pounding moment of like, I want this. I want this. See, I feel like I did it so much without yeah. uh, running afoul of of parental guidelines that yeah. it it became pretty, pretty easy for me too. Well, yeah, I'm sure if you've got three kids, like that's what that's the thing I've thought about more now that we have kids. So the idea that somebody else will be in charge of your child for the evening is like kind of, kind yeah, of thrilling. <laughs> I thought about that while preparing this is like, 
Uh, this segment is probably one of the more likely segments on this show that will be used against me <laughs> in, a, in a, a house court of law when yeah. Henry or Gus are trying to uh, convince us to let them spend the night somewhere. Like, yeah. uh, exhibit A, uh, <laughs> this episode of Wonderful. But just think like you get like a date out of it. You don't have to pay anybody. <laughs> that's, so good. that's an excellent... That's an excellent point. This is sort of a broad category, I guess, because you could fold in slumber parties and like lock-ins. I don't know if you ever did a lock-in. Oh, I did one lock-in at my friend's church. That's Yeah, I did two lock-ins at church. And it was not what I expected. I thought it was going to be a lot more fun than it was. (laughs) I remember I did a lock-in at church where at one point we ate soup and watched The Fugitive. And I was like, (laughs) what the fuck are we doing here? What are we doing so, here? The lock-in for people over 60. We're in church and I'm eating, I think it was loaded baked potato soup and we watched The Fugitive. Now the soup was fantastic. The movie is The Fugitive. Tommy Lee Jones, incredible performance. It's The Fugitive. You know yeah. what you're getting into with The Fugitive. There was also another church lock-in where we played volleyball and I was bad at it and I was like, well, I guess this is my night. Um, (laughs) I was also not a big slumber party fan because the amount of societal pressure that is placed upon you during a a bigger sort of slumber party, especially like in like, oh my God, there's an episode of Pin 15. There's so much about Pin 15 that yeah. is is a tough watch for somebody uh-huh. who like really lived through that shit with an eerie amount of accuracy. Uh, but there's a slumber party episode that is uh, yeah. haunting. Folks can turn on you. Uh, you get a real like uh, mob mentality. I remember I had a slumber party for second grade. And this is when everybody was saying psych all the time. Oh you no, remember that? yeah. And so we were all in the extra bedroom and a girl was like, there's somebody, I saw somebody outside your door. And I was like, no, there's nobody there. And she's like, no, 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 I did, I did. And I was like, I really, you didn't see anybody. And she's like, no, you have to check. And then I got up to check and she was like, psych. And everybody laughed. And I was like, okay, That was on. nothing. <laughs> I, I sort of objectively speaking, though, not just sort of like leaning on nostalgia, because I do have a lot of like very fun sleepover memories. I think sleepovers as a concept are kind of a cool idea for like the introduction of autonomy to kids in a hopefully controlled setting. It is a, you know, sleeping somewhere other than your house when you're a kid is like uh, an exciting thing no matter what. But with a sleepover, you have this kind of built in extended period without adult supervision necessarily and that introduces a level of sort of independence that is kind of important to learn how to handle and and handle responsibly no that's true i remember like watching my first r-rated movie at a friend's house for a a sleepover and feeling like oh my gosh should i be doing this yeah there's a lot (laughs) about the sleepover sort of rite of passage that like makes you feel more adult yeah which is why all of that sort of pressure exists around it and why a lot of that pressure in when it gets a little too big in a slumber party setting becomes sort of performative in a way yeah of like well i'm i rule the roost at this adult function that we are (laughs) that we're having um i found a washington post article from november 16th 2000 that discussed the trend of big co-ed sleepovers as like a recent development which i guess makes sense i could i could see that being a um a construct of of sort of our generation 
Uh, I feel like the first one I went to was prom night. I think that like I made it all the way basically through my childhood without without being permitted that experience. Yeah, but what I mean around what time around what year would that have been? Like 2000 uh, to 2000. Yeah, so <laughs> precisely when yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Actually that article was written about my co-ed slumber party. Oh, I see. <laughs> see, this was also like when this was this would have been late middle school for me. This would have been like 8th grade. So like that's about when I started doing that also with our like theater yeah. friends. Um and you know, the the headline of the article is like, parents have mixed feelings about co-ed sleepovers. <laughs> uh, but they also sort of argue, and it's mostly the kids arguing this point, and some cool parents that like, it is safer to have an event like this in a in, in your house, in a controlled yeah, environment without yeah, knowing, you know, without having it happen in a place where you don't necessarily know what's going yeah. on. Um, yeah, there was a lot of fear in that time period when parents were kind of bred, and this is probably still true, to think like, you don't know your child. Your child is going to do things that you can't even imagine. And I just remember feeling like so frustrated by that narrative because it's like, come on, you know me. Like, I'm not going to do crazy stuff. But like every every news station, like every article, and you still see that today, yeah. is like, here's what your kid is doing when you're not looking. Like, you have no idea what the secret life of your child. Yeah, I... I, I <laughs> I would suspect that that is true for every generation. Like every yeah, generation like has that, so. has that thing. But that said, I don't know what I, – I don't know what the norms are now. Like I genuinely yeah. don't. It's easy to say like, well, it's, you know, kids are – kids these days are cooler than we ever were. So yeah. that's probably like they do co-ed sleepovers all the time. It's like who gives a shit. Um, but it was a big deal back then. And it was like a, a big topic of conversation – um, because there's this, I don't know, there's the, even when you're following the, the, the letter of the law, as we always did, there was always this feeling of like, should we be doing this? <laughs> um, and yeah, it was, um, I don't know. It was, it was just a huge learning experience that I consider very positive and helped form some very deep friendships and, uh, sort of yeah. got you to view uh it, it introduces social dynamics that have not existed up to that point in your in your friendships and i yeah. think that that's just like a valuable thing um and i was just such a good boy that it, it was never even <laughs> i say that there was one post homecoming party where i think me there were like eight of us and we drank like four smirnoff ices <laughs> between us uh -huh. it was like the worst thing we ever did um and we got just fully, Herbie fully loaded, man. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Yeah. Hey, can I steal you away? Yes. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis -vis, um, website design or website functionality, and you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be 
the same list as everybody else's with the Julia <laughs> Styles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters with, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. We got a couple of grumble bombs and I want to read this first one because it is for Eli and it's from Rebecca who says, two. Ellie Bear, you're wonderful. Thank you for all the amazing things you do and for being my best friend and partner. You make my life so much better. Thank you for showing me all of the McElroy shows. They have brought us even closer together, and catching up on Wonderful and Taz has made this year much more bearable. I love you. I like the two uses of bear. There's Ellie Bear, and then there's bearable. And I know that probably wasn't intentional, but it warms my heart. Yeah, no, I think it wasn't intention intentional, maybe, but um, mm -hmm. it, I'll be honest. This I is, just like to think that this is a message between two bears, and that's exactly what scared <laughs> me about it. <laughs> See, I like. I it. was reading it, and I was like, "This is sweet. This is sweet." But in my like back of my head, I was really scared. <laughs> uh, can I read the next one? Uh huh. This is a message for CD. It is from Mary, darling. Happy thirtieth birthday. You are my wonderful thing every day, and I am so grateful that we get to be alive at the same time. I can't wait to marry you. Love always, your dove. Oh, 30th birthday. You remember that one? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't. I think, I think that was, oh, I think we did like a thing. And because I was celebrating 35 and you were celebrating 30 and I think we did like a house or something. But we, I also, we would have had a several months old baby. At yeah, that no, I think that was the house where we like, we set up Henry in a pack and play That's and said, right. the birthdays are important. And we all rented motorbikes. 
And we jumped, uh, I jumped from one roof of that one house to the roof of another house on the motorbike. And I was like, I'm 30, I'll never die. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you. That was a fun one. Mm-hmm. Hello, I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And we host Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. Every week, we share media that made us who we are. Things like Archie Comics, Sailor Moon, and lots of Taylor Swift. And now that Riley's an adult, it comes with 100% more butts. And now I am totally comfortable with it. So check out new episodes of Still Buffering every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Butts, butts, butts. Join in, Riley. Butts, 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 What do you have to discuss with us on your uh, topic today? Uh, my topic uh, is children's literature. Okay. And this is something we've kind of addressed before. I mean, we've discussed specific pieces of children's yes. literature. What I'm talking about more is the idea that there are books made for children's enjoyment. Okay. Which is a relatively recent thing. Can you... Dial in specifically, are you talking about young early, adult? Yeah, I'm talking about early readers. Okay, like, okay. Like first, second grade. Okay. Like, um, I mean, I, I don't want to cast aspersions here because anybody can enjoy a book of any age, but are we talking um, something in the sort of uh, Captain Underpants? Uh, yeah, like, yeah. You know. Like those books where, you know, the, the language is accessible enough for uh, – a child to read individually as they are learning. Okay, okay. Yeah. This is something I remember. It's so funny because when I was in first grade, we had these Carolyn Haywood chapter books that were literally written in like the 50s. Uh, like Carolyn Haywood, the author, uh, was born in 1898. Okay. <laughs> and I was in first grade in the 90s. And I guess it would have been late 80s. And we were still reading these books, but it was just like having the, uh, you know, the ability to to read something, you know, myself that was about kids like me was incredible. Yeah. Uh, and it was like for enjoyment. I mean, obviously I was building skills, but like it wasn't like a, you know, like a boring A is for Apple kind of thing. It was like a story with chapters. I mean, this is the conceit of the Scholastic Book Fair, uh, <laughs> which I know we've talked about Scholastic Books on this show before. I don't know if we talked about the Book Fair itself. I haven't done the Book Fair. It's but just coming. having a, like, shopping mall full of books like this uh, was intoxicating. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's an NPR article. In NPR article. Oh, it's funny how hard I like that the is. portmanteau, yeah. Uh, from 2016 that talks a little bit about kind of the emergence of children's literature. Because like I mentioned, initially it was just like uh, primers, primers. Yeah. I don't know how, I would say primer, but I, that sounds a little highfalutin. And you're very British. <laughs> uh, which was mostly about like letters and syllables to help people learn the Bible. You know, it wasn't like a, we want to encourage people to be lovers of literature. Yeah. It was like a, here's what an A looks like. Right. Uh, and it wasn't really until like Lewis Carroll in 1865 with Alice's Adventures in Wonderland that yeah. it was like imagination. Kids can imagine things and Damn, it's powerful. Are we, are we calling that a kid's book though? Well, no. 
I was gonna say that's that some of that stuff is like no, uh, I know tough to get through. Yeah, yeah. This is like Peter Pan, Tom Sawyer, Little Princess, uh, Secret Garden. Goosebumps. You know, <laughs> it's a little before Goosebumps. Oh, it was. Yeah, a little bit before. Okay. I guess I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's just this idea, like, of writing books for kids so they could get excited about reading, um, and. Those books, while popular, were not actually really taught in schools, uh, largely because they kind of took an anti-education stance. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> this idea that, like, you could be a very logical person and still be dealing with these fantastical things and not have the skills to understand them. Yeah. So it was like, a, I don't know if I want to teach kids in school that they don't need to actually go to school. <laughs> like, yeah. if you think about, like, Huck Finn, like, it's just like a, Huck oh, Finn is fiercely anti-education. You mean there's a whole world out there that is exciting and nourishing and it's not school yeah (laughs) they were not they were not taught in school uh but what kind of changed things is in the mid 20th century u.s was very competitive with like the soviet union this whole idea of like there are other countries and their children are performing better than our children yeah you know on tests and have better outcomes and so there was an article uh in Life magazine titled Why Do Students Bog Down on the First R, and also a book called Why Johnny Can't Read and What You Can Do About It. Uh, and both these pieces kind of talked about how we are we are giving children kind of boring, you know, what specifically was called like Dick and Jane readers, which yeah. was like, see Dick, see Dick run, run Dick run, like like not really encouraging them to like immerse themselves you know yeah any progress we have made with henry reading has been built upon the promise that once he is able to do this he can read these books he likes yeah himself like that is the that's the carrot for him it is not enough for him to just be like i want to have this knowledge in my brain. It's yeah. like, I want to read these Spider-Man stories. Yeah, my obsession, and the reason I thought about this is that like, I have been obsessively buying Henry books for a very long time now. And I always feel good about it because it's like, oh, books are good. Uh, but we have way more than we could possibly need for a, a room full of children. Uh, and so much so now that Henry will be like, Do any new books? Any new books today? Like, like he expects new books every week. Yeah. Uh, and part of the reason I get them is that it's just like, it's so fun to see these stories and to think about kind of what learning there is to be done from them. And then also like to kind of get him excited about like new, new things that he can play and, and, you know, come up with. Yeah. So this idea that we were not getting kids excited about reading and and thus they were not becoming better students uh, kind of took off in this period. And that's when we started to get like Berenstain Bears, you know, like this idea of like, hey, let's do like a whole story and they sure will learn something. But like there's there's characters and there's drama and and action. (laughs) Brother bear, sister bear, you know, like what's happening in that tree? Yeah. You know? They're they're learning they're learning martial arts. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's I don't know. I thought uh, it's definitely a broad topic, but just the idea that that books would be written specifically for kids to get excited about reading. And I've talked. I mean, obviously, you all know this is important to me because I talked about reading Rainbow not long ago, right? Uh, but if you think about it, it's a relatively new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have? 
this may be a, a, a too too uh, broad reaching a question, but do you have like a seminal piece of children's literature that you read that like you remember activating you that you remember thinking like, oh, okay, I like I I like reading. This is reading. I like this. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's hard to go back too far, uh, you know, because I, I remember the stuff I was reading in like second grade. Um, but I mean, Where the Wild Things Are is a great example. Yeah. You know, like the the illustrations were really exciting, like the kind of the mystery of the story. Um, I remember really liking that. And then when I got a little older, like Harriet the Spy. Okay. And yeah, like that's also more like... Oh, Judy Bloom and Beverly Cleary. I really loved the Ramona books. Um, yeah, I mean, this this was a big thing for me. For me, I think it was Wrinkle in Time. No, oh, uh, so that was a little bit older. Yeah, I get. I don't know. I read that like early elementary school. I think. Yeah, I mean, probably. I feel like that was like second or third grade. Yeah, that was the first book that I remember being like, "This story is fucking cool." <laughs> yeah, like this is a cool ass story that's cool in the way that like my video games are cool yeah and i want to do more of this yeah like that i remember that was a that was this very important book mm-hmm. for me i never saw the movie i don't know if it was any good or not yeah I don't we should check that one out <laughs> once henry is interested in uh movies that don't have uh lego characters in them um mm-hmm. Maybe we'll try slipping that one into the uh Yeah, I don't want to rush it, though. You know, like there's this real concern that if you show a kid something too early, they're going to think it's dumb, and then they will always think it's dumb. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And thank you to Maximum Fun for having us on the network. Yeah. Thank you, Maximum Fun. Uh, love, Love a lot of the shows on there. Mostly... Mostly listen to the funny ones, um, but I think... Uh, but there's sad ones on there, too. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of, like, culture ones that are, are helpful to kind of learn about what's going on. You know, Griffin and I, we, we tend to fall into nostalgia, but if you want to hear what's going on right now... ton of shows on Max Fun to help you with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, hey, I, we just put out a new graphic novel that it would be cool if you would think about buying it and reading it and enjoying it. Yes. Uh, if you go to macroy.family, you can find out about this graphic novel. It's called The Adventure Zone Crystal Kingdom in bookstores now. And uh, we got a bunch of merch at macroymerch.com. There's a Besties t-shirt. There's an Adventure Zone mug. There's, a, there's just a whole, a whole bunch of stuff. And, um, you know, that's life, isn't it? Uh-huh. How you feeling about that hat now? I mean, I'm probably going to take it off uh, any minute now. Really? Yeah. Aww. Do you like the hat? I mean, it's giving me, uh, you know how I have like a, a, like a league of their own. Thing? <laughs> I didn't know that, actually. I actually Aww. think that's true. But I got really excited when you said that. Um... <laughs> That I have a, a, a League of Their Own fetish. Yeah, I love that movie. I just watched it a long ago. No, I love that movie, too. Everybody loves that movie, but I, I don't I have I thought you were going to say, like, you look like Gina Davis. And I was gonna say, you do have Gina Davis qualities. Thank you. You've got Gina Davis <laughs> eyes, and is. she'll tease you.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.